Chapter 5 Weakness Oriented A few weeks back, I was sitting around the campfire with a bunch of guys listening to them talk about the relationships they had with their spouses. To be honest with you, nothing I heard surprised me, because as I traveled, I met men and women who are unhappy about the relationships they're in. A few report to be happy, but to be honest with you, when you really drill down, most of them have a point or two of misery, but won't openly admit it. Let me give you one particular humorous, or maybe not so humorous, story to illustrate my point. One time, when I was in Sri Lanka, I was with a taxi cab driver and we struck up a conversation about our families. I asked him how long he'd been married and if he had any children. He said he'd been married for about 12 years. Then he went on to say he was very happily married. I asked him what was the key. He retorted back that he had two girlfriends, one in the city where we were in at the time and one in the city that we'd be traveling to. I sat there slack-jawed. What the hell? He said, my wife doesn't like to have sex, so I can't take it, so I had to outsource it. Wow. Talk about speechless. Honestly, that about describes what I have found as I interviewed men around the world. Most will not say it out loud, but it is exactly how they feel. If you think this book is going to be about the fact that men are not getting it, you're wrong. It's only a small part of it. What I discovered is not complicated or difficult to understand, but it is revealing. I made a discovery after observing and talking with hundreds of men and women in over 100 countries. Most people are deeply frustrated about something in their life. These people cut across all religions and demographics, from super-rich to poor, Muslim, Buddhist, Christians, Jewish, Hindu, agnostics, atheists, newly married, New Agers, you name it. Money or religion appear to have very little impact on the facts. Believe me, I'd love to report differently, but it's just not what I've experienced. I remember when I was on a family vacation in Mexico about 10 years ago. We all piled into a van, and our driver's name was Angel. Before long, we struck up a conversation with him, and my wife asked, Angel, are you married? He flipped down his visor and said, This is a picture of my wife. She's married, but I'm not. I'd love to tell you that we Christians got it figured out more than anyone else, but the answer is we don't. I can regale you with story after story of close family members and close friends who are Christians that are more dysfunctional within their relationships than I care to admit. It appears that an awful lot of us in the human race seem to be doing the wrong things at a very fundamental level. That is the essence of this book. What are we doing wrong? How do we create a simplified process about doing life better that the average person can deploy and start getting it right? Unfortunately, for many people thinking deeply, it's just too much effort. It's easier to grab a bag of Doritos and sit on the couch and watch a movie. Most people have never looked deep into their soul and found a careful analysis of what it is that makes them happy and what they need probably because we are afraid of the answers and the actions it will require us to take. And for most people, it is just way too uncomfortable.
That change, more than likely, would require a total about-face of our deeply ingrained habits and a hard assessment of our friends and family. I know this to be the case for myself because it wasn't until I was about 46 years old that I started to pin a document that is called, Are You Happy? While I'm not a big proponent of value stream mapping and we don't use that tool regularly at my company, this document is essentially my value stream map for Paul. In this document, I took the time for the first time in my life to really analyze and get total clarity as to what it is that makes me happy as a man. I discovered so many things about myself that I never knew. For example, I learned that one of my deep needs was to be respected intellectually by my peers. In my deep reflection, I could rehearse many situations where I felt inadequate in my knowledge and my ability to articulate ideas and discuss issues. If I wanted to overcome this frustration in my life, to ensure it never happened again, it was necessary that I develop some different habits. Specifically, the countermeasure or habits that I changed were that I quit watching TV and I started reading a minimum of one book a week. It was no more than five years after I developed these habits that my speaking fee is $20,000 and I consult with companies from around the world. Can you imagine if I had not taken the time to write out this document that addresses my deficiencies and weaknesses? I have met and become friends with extraordinary leaders from all over the world. My life would have been a vapid wasteland in comparison if I had not changed my behavior to address these issues. The result is, I charted a new course to bring more happiness into my life, and I was successful in doing so. Unfortunately, this little activity that took me about three weeks should have been something that I did when I was a young man at 20 years old. I have shared this document with both men and women, and it inevitably resulted in their deep reflection. Many would stare at me and say, how did you get the courage to ask yourself such probing inquiries? It's simple. I realized two things. First, the alternative of doing nothing and reliving the same dissatisfaction day after day had zero appeal. Secondly, I understood that if I looked deep into my psyche to answer these uncomfortable questions, it would give me the power and insight to bring lasting change. The first question I asked was not what would make me happy, but rather what was it that made me unhappy? I focused on my weakness or deficiencies. The result was I gained total clarity on what made me tick. Next, I laid out what I needed to do on a daily basis to correct those weaknesses. Right from the start, I will lay it on the line. We don't understand our most important customer relationship. Well, It is true that our customer is our partner and we should position ourselves to serve them extremely well. But here is the hard thing to get your head around. We are our most important customer. To the extent we fully understand our needs and serve ourselves, that is to the extent which we can best serve our spouse. I know this sounds very self-serving, but I promise you, that's not at all what I'm saying. 
Life is all about what you give. But you can't give what you don't have. And if you don't have peace of mind, and if you don't feel satisfied as a human being, and you live parts of your life in a vague haze of perpetual frustration, how in the world can you effectively serve the ones closest to you? A strong self with clarity and purpose and a clear process to achieve it will allow you to give more abundantly to everyone around you. It doesn't matter what we do to serve our partners. We will always be frustrated if our needs are not being met at the most basic level. I'm going to go off script here real quick. As Greg's listening to me read that, he goes, you know what this is like? This is like being on the plane. And they always tell you to put your oxygen mask on first before you put it on your child. Well, because if you don't get it on you and you're going to die, you're not going to do your kid any good. It all seems pretty basic. But for whatever reason, we all seem to be missing this in spades when it comes to our own personal life and development and satisfaction in the way we live. I will share with you in Chapter 11 a copy of the document, Are You Happy?, that I penned when I was around 46 years old. I hope that everyone will take the time to write out a similar document. In doing so, you will gain clarity and an effective process to dramatically improve your life and your relationships. If you can't wait, feel free to skip ahead. Now I'm going to go off script here. Chapter 11 is the most important chapter in this book. Why? Because it is the genesis of this book. It is how I figured out who I was and what made me happy. And you can skip ahead and read what I write there. It's about 10 pages long. It was a long document because it took me a long time to figure it all out and sort through it all. But I go over all those details in chapter 11. But the point of this is that unless you are willing to write down in black and white with ink and pen, you will miss the power of this book. It is the writing of what you're thinking that will generate the clarity and allow you to develop the processes to improve the quality of your life dramatically. This is the essence of lean life in chapter 11. Don't miss this point. Don't think, oh, well, I don't need to do this. Every person I know who has gone through this process and penned this document, are you happy for themselves, has experienced radical transformation in their life. And every person I know who I've shared this information with and has not done it still is stuck in vagueness and perpetual frustration. It is the writing of the words that will reveal to you who you are and what you need to do. Back on script. It is essential that every human being takes a deep dive into their soul. My good friend Richie Shingle once said, You must know the facts and understand the facts. You need to get the facts, know them, and understand them very well. The one thing, there is as much mystery in a pen and paper as there is in love at first sight. <laughs> 